Hey, everybody. This is Todd from the Guitar Knobs, and I just want to let you know that this is a two-part series, Pedal Boards 101. We had so much amazing information from Rob that uh, we needed to split it up into two so you don't get full-blown awesomeness fatigue. <laughs> so this is part one of Pedal Boards 101. Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon. Brandon Wong Pickups. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Hey, it's me, Todd Novak. We are super happy that you are listening to our little show called the Guitar Knobs Podcast. What do we do here, Antoine? Well, we like to discuss and talk to boutique builders of guitars and amps and pedals and occasionally a repair person or pickup builder yes. or even a pick guard maker. That's correct. And we have one-on-one classes and, and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, classes is uh, just, you know, so yeah, nobody... No, you don't no, get don't credit come for to it. You don't get, for it. You don't no get credit. credit. You just get awesome credit. Uh, I don't even know You learn stuff. And... We ha so occasionally we have somebody actually in the studio. Today might be one of those days. Who's who's in the studio with us right now? It's Rob Chafe from Mad Cow Amplification. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, Rob Chafe is back, and uh, we are excited for this show. You know why? Why? You know why? Jared, what show is this? This is the Pedalboard One Hundred and One Show. Ooh, doggies! We're gonna do some learning today. That's for sure. I could sure use some of that learning. Yep. To tell you the truth. Yep. Mm. Uh, Rob is gonna learn us some things, mm -hmm. and uh, we're gonna get taught. This is going to be really fun, really exciting. This is something that we've been asked many, many times, and Rob reached out and said, "Hey," and I remember after I, you posted something about yeah, pedalboard and it blew up yeah i can't even remember that and yeah. the funny thing is i sat there and i thought man it'd be great to have him on to do pedal and he he contacted me he's like hey i'd really like to come on and do something about pedalboards because every time i mention this it oh, just goes yeah. crazy no that's yeah i, it was, I, a, I, I think did it was a pedal power yeah, exactly yeah, yeah exactly i was powering a wireless and everybody was asking why i did it and yada yada yeah and i was like god i'm tired of answering all these emails so why don't we just do a podcast that's right <laughs> Uh, and I know that you have a lot of experience touring and, and playing and setting, you know, all kinds of pedals and you're obviously very adept at electronics because you build, you repair amplifiers mm -hmm. for a living and you do it extremely well. Thank you. If anybody is not familiar with Mad Cow Amplification, the Instagram channel is fascinating. Yes. I know that I've learned a lot just from watching it and that's how we actually got you on the show in the beginning. So uh, if you have a moment out there while you're just kind of listening, if you're sitting on the couch or I don't know, whatever you're doing, maybe whatever. Toilet. I'm like, I was going to say that, but you Go know, ahead. some you people in the shower. Yep. 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 Yeah. If you're just in the wash shower. Your hands. Yeah. If you're in the shower, that's great. Yeah. Just head on over to, uh, <laughs> to mad cow amplification on Instagram and you'll see exactly the kind of stuff that he's doing. And then we'll say, aha, he does know what he's talking about. Great. So, we have an exciting show, Pedalboards 101, and we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But uh, just, a, just a pre, just a preface, a preface, a taste, if you will. We're going to cover power supply. Yep. Signal flow. Yep. Impedance. Yes. Grounding. Almost definitely. Pedalboard styles. Yeah. Mm. Pedal layout. Mm-hmm. Cabling. Yep, yep. And assembly. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yes, get how those about, zip ties how ready, about everybody. Use, mm-hmm. use of. Use of. Nope. That's, we up, not, to, that's nope. up to the listener. That's nope. up to the listener. So uh, let's start it off with uh, some announcements. I don't have any. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Great. That sounds great. great. Uh, yeah. What? You Jared? No, I want to I wanna say something <laughs> oh, to boy. all the listeners out there. Yeah. This year, I'm going to try to answer more questions that I see on the internet. I'm that are directed to you, just to be specific. Well, right? Any anything in any group, I'm in several groups. Oh, gotcha. And several group, Les Paul groups, you know, mm-hmm. guitar groups, whatever groups. Uh-huh. And it's it's the younger guys that are just beginning that get on there and they ask all these questions. They're the reasons that we're still doing. They they support people like Tony and I. And Rob, definitely. And I just wanted to thank everybody for even the young guys for taking an interest in in what we all do, and and keep playing guitar, buy guitars, and play them. And and you guys keep me interested in doing what I'm doing. You you know you inspire me to give me a reason to wake up and work. So I want to thank everybody. Aww. Did you ever know you'd be my hero? Is this where we all hold hands? <laughs> no, uh, man. So thanks, everybody, for playing guitar and being uh, question, you know, as, asking questions all the time. Yes. Well, that is something we do really love on the show. And I feel like, I feel like there's been a surge in involvement. I feel a surge in Don't the ever be scared to ask anything. You we know, you we know what will I've not heard? embarrass you. You know what I've heard? The only stupid question it's is the asked. one that doesn't get asked. Mm, yes. Right. Um, I wanted to mention that we should get started on this business. Olay. What happened in the music world this week? Tony. Oh, this is interesting. In in one of my temporary moments of insanity, I just decided that I would go on DHgate and order a Dan Armstrong, yeah, the Dan Armstrong plexi guitars. What's DHgate? DHgate is like the uh, the equivalent of China's uh I feel like we're uncovering something that might make this it, you're kind of giving away a secret gold mine almost. Oh. Would the term loose sight familiarize people? With- share it? Well, DH gate. Just I'm going to pixelate your face while you're saying this. Right. I'm going to change my voice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, DH gate is kind of like this clearinghouse for manufacturers in China. Oh. Huh. And there's all sorts of crazy things clothes and. That is crazy. Yeah, I love them. And they have some crazy clothes there, too. Okay. You can buy panda bears and different things like that. I too. probably wouldn't Live fit into panda those bears. Clothes. Yeah. Oh, probably... give me my phone. <laughs> Smaller <laughs> clothes. But, anyways, <laughs> you but anyhow, bought... so I, I ordered a, uh, a Lucite Dan Armstrong uh, guitar. I wanted the guitar. I'm not a bass player. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, a couple of weeks went by, and I think it was like a couple of days before Christmas. Uh, I get a package at the post office and in typical fashion, it's a styrofoam coffin and holding a guitar. So I open it up and it is one of the Ampeg, uh, Dan Armstrong bass it, models. It, they're replicas. Oh, just so oh yeah. These are replicas. Yes. yes. He got the bass. So, it's so cool. So I got the bass, <laughs> bass, bass. and I said, well, and, and the build quality for the money, I think... It's pretty good, man. It was under $250 so shipped from China. It was really good. But you ordered a guitar. But I ordered a guitar. Thank you. Thanks There's for keeping us There's a little discrepancy there. So I immediately contacted the seller and uh, 
surprisingly, pretty quickly, they respond and say, oh, we made a mistake. Uh, would you like to keep the the bass? It's more expensive than the guitar. And I wrote back, I'm not a bass player. I want the guitar. Uh, so they, they said, well, what can we do? I said, well, you send me a return label. And I will, and, and I'll send you the bass back, and then you can send me the guitar. And uh, so, uh, you know, the, the next response is, "Please do not send the guitar back." Because I mean, it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. it's it's got to be eighty to a hundred dollars. I'm guessing yeah. shipping built into the price. So I said, "Okay, so what can we do?" Uh, and the, uh, the, the person said, "Well, yeah, uh, how about uh, just reorder it, and we'll adjust the price down to a hundred and eighty dollars." And I said. How about if we um, just uh, adjust that price to a hundred dollars, and I'll keep the base? And they said, "Okay, <laughs> ah, yep. you dirty yep. rat! I love it." Okay, that. so yep. uh, hopefully, in another couple of weeks, I'll have the guitar version of this. Yeah. So for you know under three hundred and fifty, that's amazing. You have a matching set. Yeah. Of and they're and they're cool. I mean, they're, they are. Are are they as good as the originals? Hell no. Uh, but they are. They have the look. Um, it's just cool. Jared and I are working on a a, a pickup uh, yep. that will go into the uh, into. The, there you go. That's what the pickup sounds like. <laughs> the pickup um, parts. Uh, that that's closer to the original uh, Dan Armstrong pickup because there was a soap bar like a, a music. No, it was soap like an, well on the bass. Yeah. No, but this is for the guitar and super and, mega. Yeah, but I'm saying for the bass that came with it, it was like a it was like a yeah a music man pickup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm, with this project is for the guitar, so it's uh, we're going to rewind a uh, Dan Armstrong pickup that has the big wide blades on it. I've never yeah. seen a larger. Uh, this is a very large pickup with very large blades. It's enormous. It's going to sound large, mm-hmm. larger than life. Mm-hmm. That's right. So anyhow, so uh, when when the guitar comes in, we'll have a full report on that. But mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime, it's just it was just kind of a cool thing. That's awesome. Uh, anyone not familiar with the Dan Armstrong bass and guitar, uh, I definitely encourage you to check them out. You probably have seen them before, but they are the clear uh, Lucite instruments. Yep. And they uh, they also have a... a, a movable... The originals have a, a pickup that you can actually pull out the old ones and plug in new ones. Yeah. So it was kind of a plug-and-play thing. Plug and, and, you play. Did, and you didn't even have to take the strings off. They had the body scooped out. Yeah. So you could just slide really them neat. in. Really, really unique. Just yep. slide. And the original ones are pretty expensive. Oh, they're ungodly Crazy. expensive. Yeah, and there's not a ton of them either. No, I mean Keith Richards is probably the the most famous player that that played one uh, in the seventies. No way. Uh, no Black Flag, baby. Well, that's the well who Black Flag. I'm kidding. Yeah. I never heard. Oh, of it. All right, I see what you did. <laughs> Anyways, okay, Rob, what's going on in your music world this week? I'm on the hunt for a Fender sixty two American Vintage reissue. But I want a hot rod strat, not the regular sixty-two. What is, to clarify what the difference between a regular and a hot rod is? Yeah, the the regular is uh, it's an alder body rosewood fretboard, six and a quarter inch radius, normal tiny little frets on it. The hot rod had a beefier, chunky, like a D-shaped neck with a nine and a half inch radius and medium jumbos. So they only made them for a few years. They weren't as popular as the regular sixty-two, so it's a little hard to find. They're mm. out there, but finding one at a reasonable price that is also not beat to death already gotcha all right so anybody listening if you yeah. have or know the whereabouts of one mm-hmm. contact rob at mad cow or i guess you could drop us a line too if Whatever. you just can't Why remember not? yeah and then we we'll can uh, buy it cheap and sell it up exactly oh. <laughs> great minds think alike uh jared what's going on with you 
I have several amplifiers. Yes. All the amplifiers I own, I've had to have most of them worked on. The one brand that I've had to have work on the most is Marshall. Marshall, I, Marshall, Marshall. I have two Marshalls. Thinking the same thing right there. <laughs> that I brought tonight to give to Rob. Yep. But that uh, the Ampeg that you that you fixed sounds phenomenal. That's a really great amp now. Thank you, mm-hmm, thank by you. The way. But uh, so other you, than that... So you're getting uh, your Marshalls worked on. Yeah, I'm getting the Marshalls worked on. Also, um, I restrung my 1969 Gibson Dove. I couldn't believe how freaking great that thing sounded. Mm, yeah. Restring your New guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They last for, what, about five plays, and then they start to get... Sessions of playing. You're a sweater. I'm what, up, really? up and down the fretboard no, anyway. So. Sweater. Wait, wait, what, is, what, hands. What, what type of strings are you putting on your acoustics? Elixir. Uh, you like the, the elixirs? On the dove, the elixirs. Yeah. As for me, I got a telecaster, not for myself, a while ago. I, I talked about this many moons ago. Uh, I had the the white I, one, it right? Was super fun, you know. When when somebody goes, "Hey, my son or my friend is looking for a guitar, can you do that?" It's like that's my favorite thing to do. Or you can't. I love that shopping for myself, kind of. Except I don't get the guitar. But anyways, so I got him a re- a really good deal on a really nice uh, Mexican Telecaster, a black one, and he's in a band called Rad Attack. He he started playing it, and all of a sudden, it just stopped working. So pulled it apart and his wiring was all kaputin uh, because uh, originally when we got it, it was, they had done the, 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 the Nashville rewire and mm, flipped, flipped it, it. Mm. and he need, they were trying to give it to him for a gift. And I say, Hey, I can get this fixed up. And they're like, no, 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 it, it'll be fine. I'm like, all right. So uh, anyways, that finally went south and I contacted our friends at gun street wiring and they said, Hey, we're let's let's get on that. So put that wiring harness in, and it sounds fantastic. Uh, they do a really good job of setting those up. And do uh, they have one that's uh, designed for that for uh, flipping the plate? I don't know if they do or uh, I didn't. We we just went. Oh, you went back. To yeah, them. we went back. But I bet if you called them up and say, "Hey, I want like one Nashville style," like they, they do it. I'm mm-hmm. sure because he hand builds everything. So, um, yeah, really good stuff. Anyways, he they're going to be on the show real soon. And uh, it'll be really fun to talk to him. So we'll get all into that business when it comes around. Ooh, doggies. We're going to skip the four on the floor because Rob's already done one. It hasn't changed. And it hasn't changed. (laughs) Sorry, everybody. We have a ton to talk about. So we're going to get to it. All right. Pedal Boards 101. Everybody, uh, stand up and stretch. Grab a drink. Go to the bathroom. Not all at the same time. And let's go. Okay. Rob, enlighten yes. us, my man. All right. So we start. Why here. are we talking about pedal boards? Because I get a million questions. And honestly, this is the probably the hardest thing that you can, how can I want to put this, that you can plan out accurately, meaning um, there's too many different combinations. And that's kind of a preface to start this with. Which it, also makes it the most fun part of guitar playing. Exactly. <laughs> no, it, and that's truth. It's because there's, you know, however many hundreds, hundreds of pedals that are out there. And you're going to pick six, seven, eight to put down on a board. Nobody's going to have the exact same combination. 15. Or 15. Okay, yeah. <laughs> you have to <laughs> one step for each sideways. Yeah. yeah, one for each song. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, there's no way to design every pedal to work with every other pedal right. nicely. You know, depending on what order you put them in, all that kind of stuff. So that's first thing. Preface here. Everything we talk about here, with the exception of power requirements, like this pedal needs this type of power. Mm-hmm. 
Everything else is preference, and some these are all guidelines. There's yeah. no right or wrong. Well, here. and to be specific, they are guidelines to help you yes. choose wisely. Yes, and, and, and to, be able to plan it out, but so if, that you don't spend a whole bunch of money you don't need to, so that you uh, don't have something that's going to be janky sounding when you're like, why doesn't this sound good? Right, right, exactly. But if you know, if you want to put your fuzz at the end of the chain and start with your phaser pedal, and that's the sound you want, <laughs> wait, hey, 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 wait a minute. Hey, if that's the sound you're going after, more whatever, <laughs> you know, more power to right, you. But you we're going to talk about that. that <laughs> yeah, that comes down when we're when we're talking about pedal layout. And pedal yeah, order. exactly. Okay, so let's start with power supply. Let's do it. All right. So, and I kind of put this in order of you know, if I'm building a pedal board for somebody, how I have to arrange things. So. Power supply, first thing you want to look at is um, how many outlets you need and what kind of power requirements all your pedals have. When you say outlets that you need, why would you need more than one outlet? Oh, I'm sorry. Outputs from the from the supply itself. Gotcha. So, you know, uh, let's say a Voodoo Labs Pedal Power 2 has eight outputs or gotcha. okay, DC so we're, outlets. Yes, yeah, yeah. so we're talking about the actual connections on, for your pedals on the power, on the power supply. supply. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously you need to have enough or typically come in six. That's so just if you're it. talking They're about all a, an actual brick style power supply, they go from six to 12. Yeah. To I think the smallest one is the, the ISO five. Yeah. Um, and I think Strymon makes a small one. That's a four or five. Yeah. That's called a Zuma. Zuma's the nine. That's the that's larger the nine. One. I the, was the, right. The old, <laughs> not to be confused with Zima. Yeah. No, no, no. no completely Ooh. different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's just so all these companies they make a few different ones and then Walrus makes a huge one and yeah. you got a Voodoo Labs Mondo that's like I don't know 14 that one outputs has fans or on it, doesn't it? I have the probably the, I think it does. The 12 one. It, well, you yeah, but you have the the true spot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's 12. So that's what I mean. And then I know they make a but couple they smaller ones. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. It's solid, man. We, we, Works the CS7 and the CS6. The yeah. CS6 is really low profile, which is another big point. Like, where are you putting this? Yes. Well, yeah. And but we'll, before you get to before that. Before you get to that, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, th- so these so are things excited. to consider. Um, but first of all, if you're going to build a real pedal uh, board, and what I mean by real pedal board, anything more than two or three pedals. So you're doing something, just a couple few pedals. Sure. You can take like a one spot um, DC adapter, daisy chain, those three pedals. Yes. Call it a day. The brand is called one spot. Yeah. And and it's just a little AC adapter with a a cable. So you don't need a whole cable chain. Yeah, exactly. But if you're putting anything more than that and and you've got a digital pedal, like a digital delay or something like that, get yourself a real power supply. And why is that important? Aha. I'm glad you asked that. Isolated and fused outputs, meaning every single output is fused individually and is isolated from each other, ground and, you know, everything else. So so if one fails, it doesn't take everything down. Only that one will fail. If your pedal shorts shorting out that output, it won't short the whole thing. Kind of like a string of Christmas lights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like each one's run separately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some of these pedals are very, very touchy to sharing grounds sure. and the power supply and everything. So when, when we had, uh, true tone on, that was mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about. And I, the reason that I actually rant, you know, went to them because I bought an, a quote unquote isolated power supply. And it that wasn't was not yep. in air quotes. Yeah. He's doing the two finger <laughs> yes. thingy. The power supplies can be costly. They they well, absolutely. very very much 100 can. to 250 bucks, yeah. Yes, but it is worth it. What is not worthing it is paying a fraction of that mm-hmm. on like Amazon or eBay or something and getting an a brand that you are not familiar with that is not verified that is like bestseller or something like yeah. that 
that is like, this one's only $36 because you're going to lose your 36 bucks. Yeah. It will go out as a bad move. Don't you do it. get yep. what you pay for. Yes. Yep. Yep. Most definitely. Yeah. So the, yeah. So that's one of the reasons you want an actual power supply. Um, and like I said, you know, when you're choosing this, your number of outputs and then what voltages you're going to require. Is there, is there a particular brand that you kind of like? I do. I've got a favorite, Strymon, the Zuma. Okay. Um, the reason I like that one so much um, is size, actual form, the height, like you were talking about yep. with the one the, spot one. The CS6 is a low profile. Yeah, and this one's lower profile too. And, and so it'll lower fit under a metro, uh, 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 the I pedal train metro, metro yeah. the CS6 does. I don't think the Zuma's that small, Yeah. Um, but it's smaller, it's lighter. Yeah. Um, the thing I like about the Zuma a lot too is that it's nine output, Mm-hmm. Um, two of them are switchable. Let me make sure I get this right. Switchable between 9, 12, and 18 volt. Yep. And then all of them are the same current output, 500 milliamps. Uh-huh. Um, whereas you get some of the other uh, ones like Voodoo Lab, let's say, yep. that this one's 250 milliamps, this output's 500 milliamps, this one's switchable, this one isn't. So it's much more limiting as yep. to what you can plug into it. I could be wrong, but I'm almost certain that the true, t- the true tones Those are that are way too. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And what it is, the difference here is that um, the True Tone and the Zuma, it's a digital power supply, Yeah. Um, which is also why you can plug 120 volts into it or 220, right. and it automatically... You know, Both of those are. Right, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. Whereas some of the older school ones, like the Voodoo Lab stuff, um, I believe all the Voodoo Labs ones are analog. They have a transformer yeah. in there. Yeah. Which also makes a difference too. The newer hot. digital ones, yeah, they're going to weigh more. They're going to be bigger. They're going to have a little bit of heat, which isn't a big thing. Um, but that transformer is going to put off noise. And it's going to take more juice to power it. Yeah, it? but but bit. you're talking input juice from the wall. We're talking about pebbles and little morsels and that, stones that, and the, details the, today, the, brother. The, the par cans on stage are going to make a way <laughs> bigger difference than that. That's yeah. not really... The biggest thing is, honestly, for me, it's the noise. Okay. It's that transformer. Um, you know, If you put the transformer too close to a wah pedal, it'll yeah. be really noisy on your board. Right. Um, so going digital. And when I went digital this past year... It was a no. I was floored. It was actually that big of a difference. Yeah, I was really surprised. Impressed. Well, and also with your Strymon, if you if you have Strymon pedals, it's just kind of nice to be like, hey, you know, you, they are very high quality for mm-hmm. a very good reason, yeah. and you know, you can do yep. your whole setup like that. Yep, for sure. Okay, cool. Okay, so anyways, so some of the things you want to look for there. Uh, let's see here, manufacturer specs. Okay, yeah. Oh, really quick. Sorry. By the way, right. if you want to hear that that uh, one where True Tone actually talked about. Power Supply, it was actually Power Supply 101. Yep. Uh, you can go back into our library um, on, on, on our website or on Spotify, which is actually listing them all now, too. That is a great episode. Yes. Uh, so it was yeah, really so you're, a good one. you're talking about these, you know, uh, power supplies. And I think that's, yeah, your question is where I'm going to go next. Go ahead. What about people who want to use batteries? Um, if you're going to build a pedal board with six, eight pedals on it, Velcro it down. Velcro it down, attach it. Really battery? I mean, that kind of, yeah. that goes, it's like, well, then <laughs> you don't really want to build a pedal board then. I mean, at least to me, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, then you just throw them in your bag and you have them. Right, them right. Because, I mean, yeah, if you're ripping them off of your board all the time, replace battery. Right. It's just, uh, uh, here, it's not even here's, an option. I would say here's, here's a, another d- different reason. If you are like, hey, look, I can't, afford to buy an actual pedal br- a power brick of whatever makes that we're talking about for the price that you're going to pay for batteries for a, a for like maybe a five plus pedal board you can almost end up getting a one spot pro yeah which is going to they only the batteries only last one gig anyway well yeah the batteries aren't going to last and and then and 
assuming again, let's say this is a pedal board of, of six to eight pedals. Yeah. Each pedal is going to be a hundred, two hundred dollars. I'm sorry, but that other hundred fifty, two hundred dollars, you you need to put a power supply on. The whole yeah. point of building a pe- uh, pedal board is to secure things, so you're not always unplugging, you know, plugging yeah. things back in, ruining jacks, cables, right. efficiency, efficiency, exactly, yeah. exactly. So obviously, batteries don't make sense. Now, what we might be talking about is some overdrives and fuzzes and stuff, and well, they uh, respond that, different. Yes, but there's that. I, I just raised the question because I'm sure there are <laughs> listeners out there. <laughs> well, you know what? We're not attacking you. Well, here's an answer. So, so here's attacked. an answer to the battery guys. Mm. You know, uh, get an alchemy audio dead bat yes yeah and what that does oh, i mean ch- there, there's trying a, to chase that sound yep. yeah there's yeah. there's what what jared's talking about is uh, certain fuzz pedals and yeah. distortions and things when the battery starts to degrade you know below nine volts it and, changes the sound well and, and that's it and there are guys out there they'll tell you it's not even when it drops it's actually how the battery responds to a load attached oh really mm-hmm. change yeah there's a company out there now like, is it it might be vertex Somebody's making just a, a power supply that emulates batteries, even at full voltage. So it's not even a sag thing, even. Okay, you know? interesting. So I think that that one spot that I have, yeah. I think that can do that as well. Yeah, if you've got, a, a, if you've a lot got of them the do have one the, has a you can turn down the so, so you, yeah, can, you have the it's a sag voltage. You turn yeah. the cupcake down. Yeah, yeah. You have the twelve. <laughs> yeah. Tony has the six. I have the seven. But yeah, it's it. You're right. It's all and it's especially if you want to get really hardcore purist with the fuzzes, the old overdrives. Yeah, the type of battery used, the mm-hmm. exact voltage. That, Rayovac. Uh, exa- yes, seriously. <laughs> well, it goes back to Eric Johnson. I remember reading something like 30 years ago where he was talking about one of his pedals, Klon or whatever it was. He left the back on, but the back was taped because he said it sounded different with screws in it. Yeah. Swear to God, and I'm like. Okay, dude. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But so people can get really out there with the purest. But again, if you're building a pedal board, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, probably not uh, realistic. Well, and more importantly, if you're gigging, you yeah. the most important thing about a pedal board for gigging is, is reliability. Yeah, when you get a five minute switch over between bands. Yeah, yeah. if your pedal goes out mid set because yeah. your battery went out, that's not. Good. Oh, sure. Anyway, so where I thought you were going to go was the next thing is, you know, talking about selecting which uh, which one you need. You know, do you need a Voodoo Labs this or Strymon this or Strymon that? You have to find out all the power requirements of each of your pedals and the current requirements. So you need to know what voltage it needs. Is it 9 volt, 10 volt, or sorry, 9 volt, 12 volt, 18 volt, center positive, center negative, and how much current. So you have to get all those specs for all for your pedals. For the most part, most pedals... Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You're going to regret saying it. Go ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. I was I was leaving that open oh, okay. for you to say it. <laughs> I'm going to say Good it. recovery. Yes. Nine volts under 500 MA. Yes. And center negative. Yes. And center negative. The That's- vast majority are, um, but every pedal board I do has got a couple of goofy things on it that yeah. take stupid amounts I know, of current. I know one, the full tone 69 uh, is not, it is, that one's got a, a screwy it's power the old type of plugs uh, it's got it's got a it, 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 positive center yeah that's positive center. i'm pretty yeah, sure it's that yeah it's inverted yeah yeah and try plugging that in <laughs> yeah well i mean you you typically have you know if you get uh, your voodoo labs your yeah. strymon whoever they give you one or two inverted yeah. clarity you know but yeah. you got to make sure you match up the right thing yeah yeah and the other cool thing that you can do with with uh, a power uh piece is uh is uh, if you have a, a pedal that will take 18 volts. Mm-hmm. More uh, headroom, yeah. More headroom. Like, uh, you know, we have our uh, 
the Echoplex, the EP booster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that really sounds much nicer at 18 than mm. it does at nine. Yeah. I give you more headroom. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, and, and then that's to that point. So when you're, you know, like for instance, I, I'm at the end of building a pedal board for a guy. Um, he's got a Strymon, uh, Strymon, yeah, Strymon Mobius, Strymon Timeline, and an Eventide H9 on the board, mm. which are all digital multi-effect kind of things. And all of those require, um, I think the, the Strymons are 350 or 400 milliamps at nine volts. The H9 requires 500 milliamps at nine volts, um, or it can take 12, but then the, the Strymon as well, it's got a different size plug. So you need to find out all of this kind of stuff. So that way you buy the right power supply, they'll be able to supply everything. Right. So if, if most analog pedals though, like what most, like analog, most pedals analog pedals are yeah, 100 to 150 yeah, so milliamps. You, you can pretty much plug it's, it's them into exactly. about any It's when you supply. get into the Strymon digital stuff, the Eventide, the Boss digital stuff, or line, the really old six. stuff. Yeah, most of the really old stuff, it's not going to be a high current draw. It's just going to be maybe the the uh, the male type of plug. Um, right, or like reverse. old DODs. All right, with yeah. The giant, yeah, that's right. The or old plug. Rosses that have the power cord connected to yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you can always take that to your local tech and have them put a uh, mm. you know 5.5 size like room. mad cow like mad cow yeah i do that all the that's, time well, that's that's a go. great idea so you can get that really cool old vintage pedal that you want yes but not have to have uh be bound to having a t- completely another do that all AC. the time that's brilliant yeah yeah it's super simple any any local tech in your area can do that's that. awesome yeah. so but yeah okay so again that's the biggest thing and that probably takes the most amount of time is to go through all your pedals and get all your specs um and this might be a two episode everybody. I'm just saying, and I'm not going to be pissed might about be able that. To cut it down. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Editing. Um, <laughs> go to your web manufacturer's website, manual specs, and then there's a website I want to give everybody. It's called The Power List. The w- Power List. The Power List. And the address is www.stinkfoot. Oh my gosh. Yep. Oh no, it, it's clean. It's okay. It's not going to come up with an underage warning. Don't worry. S T I N K F O O T dot se i don't what's se you know sweden. sweden okay well there you go so so it's some guy in sweden put this together lars it, oh yeah probably there you know you is, is downtime for metallica yeah. <laughs> um but yeah so you, you go on there and they've just, just compiled almost every pedal in current production we're gonna say it again voltage currents it's the, the the it's called it's the power list the power list at stinkfoot.se at stinkfoot.se. Okay. Yeah, and what's that going to tell people? That is another source for your voltage and current requirements for your pedals. Excellent. Mm. Yeah. So if you can't find it, because some manufacturers are just lazy and they literally don't put it on the website, don't put it in the manual. Yep. You need to track it down. Make sure you get the right power okay. supply. Okay. There you go. So, do, do they cover like athlete's foot and different things uh, like that? Don't, like, there might be some it. ads along, across the bottom, it. but you don't want to click on those ads. It's from yeah, Sweden. So, bad. you know. Uh, I mean, maybe you do. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so that's all your matching, blah, blah, blah. I'm reading my notes here. He does have a, a copious amount of notes oh, for good reasons because we're getting, we're pages dropping notes. So Holy many details. Moly. Um, this might be a four part. We already talked about this a little bit too. Daisy chain. Yes. Why yes. you don't necessarily want a daisy chain. Yeah. And Jared's making this nice face. Like you just got really. Yeah. I now why don't you want a daisy chain, Jared? I don't know. I don't remember. But all I remember about Daisy Chain is it's okay to use like your your um, your tube screamers and yeah. your, your analog drives. pedals. Yeah, 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 yeah. Typically, because again, analog pedals usually aren't as sensitive to tying grounds together. That's yeah, that's for it. power supplies. Um, also, the analog pedals usually draw much less current, right. so you could put two or three of them on a single 150 or 250 milliamp output. 
um, and it'll be fine because most overdrive pedals are like 40, 50 milliamps. Mm-hmm. I had a daisy chain unit mm-hmm. and then we had... And the you start pro- having some problems with it. Well, that and then Todd came over and he was like, wow, this sounds like crap. And yeah, it was a daisy chain that. and all that. And then we had that that other podcast said, about yeah you the, need to get yeah, a power break that, that said that said if you get if you end up getting like uh the true tone mm-hmm. um in any the, the cs6 7 or 12 you can use one of those jacks with a one spot mm-hmm. pro linkage yeah absolutely and, and power so you essentially like on my board i've got the c the cs7 plus the one spot daisy chain which is not necessarily compensated yeah power supply yeah. so I have 12 yeah. possibilities now, uh, which is cool because if anything's going wrong or whatever, I actually have two extra and I just go, you know, replay. Right. Yeah, and I do that a lot too. Is somebody bring me something, let's say with, with 10 or 11 pedals, just enough yeah. that no one single power supply can do it all. Yeah. So you get the one with eight outlets, but then you put the compressor, the TS9 and, you know, whatever else, the full yeah. drive Daisy chain the those three ones exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and there's you're not gonna have any problem with that. Yeah, and there's actually a great uh, video on their website where he's I think he's got he's powering like a I don't know he's got fifteen at least fifteen pedals and they're all powered by a daisy chained one spot. Yeah, which is insane. Mm-hmm. But anyways, all that is to say, the daisy chains that we're talking about are a single nine volt running all of your pedals on that isn't one of the companies that we're talking about. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. And that's just, it. and again, this, this is where there's just so many common combinations you can do doing that, running all your pedals off of a daisy chain off one wall wart, basically not right. an actual right. power supply. Right. You can do it, but you're going to start to run into problems, especially as you go to higher current source, um, items or digital items or obviously if you have anything that's reverse polarity right that's gonna none, be, of it, none of it's yeah. isolated exactly they're all tied together hardwired so if you're running yeah if you're running nine ts9s yeah you don't need a brick you know oh. <laughs> you might need a psychiatrist right <laughs> yeah you won't need a brick <laughs> yeah i'm gonna leave that in all right so okay <laughs> if that wasn't confusing enough that's probably the toughest thing in this whole thing is make sure you get the right power supply or the best power supply it's important yes okay all right We're next that's number one that's number one <laughs> Next thing I always tell people, don't just put the pedal board together. Plug everything in together on the floor in your living room. Yes. And and figure out if you're going to have inter- any interaction problems. Like if I put this pedal in front of this pedal, turn them both on. Oh, wow. My volume just got cut in half. Or this one with this one. Now I've got a ground hum or mm-hmm. whatever. So don't just put them down on the pedal, wire it all up nice and neat, turn it on, and then find out you have problems. Yeah. So, and you'd be amazed. I would say half the people that bring me pedals to put, to wire on a pedal board for them. I ask them to so test this layout before and they're like, no, uh, or what order do you want in? I don't know. It's like, yeah. oh, hold on back up. We got to yeah. decide that first. Yeah. Um, so talking about order, this is all suggestion. Nothing is. Are you jumping? You're jumping ahead, aren't you? Nope. You're not? Nope. We're on signal flow. Okay. Signal flow. Is that Sig- order? Signal flow. All right. Sig- signal flow. Yeah, that is signal flow. I thought I was, I, I, I guess I thought that was something else. Good. Well, I like this part. Okay. <laughs> and again, so like I was saying, all suggestions. There's no right or wrong. Like you made that face when I said, start the chain with the phase, put your fuzz at the end. Yeah. If that's the sound you want, then that's what it is. Right. But these are some general. Right. Now, and, and just to clarify, why would I have made that face? Because uh, typically fuzz re- only re- interacts correctly if it's first in the chain uh-huh. and actually uh, interacts with the load of your guitar. 
Right. So putting it at the end would do all kinds of weird stuff to that fuzz pedal. Right. <laughs> and you, you don't generally want to put your <laughs> reverb pedal. You in did the, the high front. voice thing. I did. Yeah. If because if you do that and then you have some, you know, some uh, overdrives, you're overdriving your. You're going to overdrive the reverb, yeah. and it's going to. That know, sounds like a perfect triple topic your, for signal flow. Yeah. No. I love it. You're well, absolutely right. Well, of course. So, so here you go. So first of all, um, as we go through this, you're going to hear me refer to two cable versus four cable method. Mm. Two cable is very simple. There's two cables, guitar into your pedal board, out of your pedal board, into your amp. So that means all your effects are in front of the amp. Right. Okay. And to further clarify, mm-hmm. go ahead. you may have a pedal board that actually has those outputs built into the pedal board. Right. If you are using a pedal train or something like that, in all likelihood, you don't. And you're going directly into the first pedal and directly out of the last pedal. Yep. There you go. Cool. Now, the other method is four cable method. And most of the people listening will probably already be familiar with this. But just in case, four cables where there's four cables involved. Guitar into the first pedal. Then you come out of a pedal on your pedal board into the input of your amp. Then you come out of your effects loop into another chain of pedals out of that last pedal back into the effects return. Mm-hmm. So there's four cables. So you're splitting some pedals in front of the amp. My and eyes then, just crossed. <laughs> hold with me here. <laughs> and then some of your pedals are in the effects loop. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about, which ones are generally put in places. Mm-hmm. You know, which ones are usually in front of your amp, which ones are usually in the effects loop and in what order usually. Okay. Okay. Question. This yet? is this is probably the biggest pedal question on the internet. Period. Really, you think so? Which order do I put my pedals in? Absolutely. Okay. Well, here's some suggestions. Again, nobody crucify me. If you put your pedals in a different order, great. Wah and fuzz first. Those are the two that are most sensitive, responding directly with the guitar. Mm-hmm. And it's the reactants of the guitar. It's the pickups. All of that mating directly to that input stage on each one of those. May I interject with a question already? Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, uh, most of us are going to have a tuner first. No. No. If you insert a tuner between your guitar and a wah, guitar to fuzz, that wah and fuzz will not sound. It, all of a sudden, you'll be like, what the hell just happened? Did my pedal break? And it's just that you've inf- inserted, well, assuming this, it's not a true bypass tuner. If it is a true bypass tuner. You can put that anywhere you want. Okay. So that would be like a polytune. That is actually buffered or true bypass. Yes. So you can have it in either mode. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason being is that when basically polytune or something that's true bypass, when you, it's turned off, it's hardwired past no right. part of that There's circuitry. Nothing hap- There's nothing exactly. working. So literally, it's like pulling it out of the chain. Right. Right. But I'm talking like anything buffered. You don't want anything that has a buffered output in between your guitar to the wall or gotcha. to a fuzz. Gotcha. Yeah, it's going to change the impedance match between there. Volume pedal. Yeah, volume pedal will change in between there. If you put a volume pedal between those two, it'll change the impedance and load it down too. It can, depending on can. which volume pedal you have, okay. what the resistance is. Yes. Yeah, all of all that right. stuff. Okay, so... I did not know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and and this is where there's the possibilities are limitless because every fuzz is designed slightly different. It's going to have a different input impedance that this and one different might components. be that's where we're getting in germanium and all that business which is all of crazy it, all of it so this one this fuzz with this volume pedal may work fine but then you use the same volume pedal with a different fuzz and all of a sudden it goes all wacky so again play around with your order yes. and see what works the best yep don't yep. take anything on gospel 
Nope. Take thing is suggestions. The what what we're hearing is like, hey, this is helpful stuff so that you don't make those mistakes. However, the, you know, rock and roll is an imperfect, or, yeah. an imperfect. Uh, or thing, probably so. you know, the way I look at this is these are suge- suggestions. So if you're going through this and you can't figure out why your fuzz Good all point. of a sudden went crazy, here's things to look at. When you say it goes crazy, what what would that sound like? What is crazy? What what am I losing or gaining? Yeah, well, it might sound very uh, thin, very hollow. Like you turn on the fuzz and be like, whoa, it, it'll sound kind of broken usually. Okay. It'll be something like all of a sudden all my low end or my mids are missing. Okay. Or it's um, not breaking up at all. It sounds very clean or the volume cuts in half. Oh. So where when it's hardwired without anything buffered in front of it, you it sounds great. You now put a buffered thing in front of it and all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, I just lost half my volume gotcha. and half my low end. What gotcha. happened there? Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be an impedance thing. And then, and that goes back to, and if, if yours is working fine with your, uh, your volume pedal and everything in front of it, great. Leave it alone. Yeah. You know, okay. but if you had noticed, Hey Rob, whenever I put my volume pedal in, that's when the problem comes well, in. Well, I do have one fuzz that was like, Hmm. Yep. And, and that's the difference is yeah. that one fuzz may be fine, but then the next one's designed a little different yep. and all bets are off. Okay. Gotcha. So, so that's generally why I tell people not to put a volume um, or a tuner in front of a wah or a, um, a fuzz. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But if you do just make sure that it's true bypass and make sure you, that you like the sound period. Right. Exactly. Okay. So, and then next. comes to the next thing. Um, <laughs> usually after wah and fuzz, a volume pedal. Oh, because you know, you, you've got that direct interaction with right. the guitar. So then you can put a volume after it. And usually because either one of those wire fuzz after those it'll put out somewhat of a low impedance signal that the volume pedal won't mess with the next pedal. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Next pitch. And you guys have pitch effects. I Whammies, do I do drops. No. I used to years ago. Yeah. I don't use them anymore. It's interesting. So there's, there's kind of two camps. There. I'd say 20% of people out there have to have a pitch effect on their board. I, if you were in a cover I, I tried, band tried and, you, and you did... Uh, guys use those drop the... For yeah, so you don't like have to sub and ups and stuff re- like that. Retune, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You have to have that early, early, early in the chain to yeah. have it track and uh, like track well and or quickly and accurately. Yeah, you know, so that has to go right after the volume usually. So you got wah fuzz to volume to your pitch. Then number four are all your gains EQs, overdrive, compression, distortion, boost that you want to use to push the front of an amp. That's all your TS9s and full right. drives and OCDs. And can we name any other full tone pedals here? No. <laughs> um, but so uh, next in mine is so uh, mine goes volume tuner and currently goes uh, EP booster mm-hmm. into my drives. Okay. Yeah. So you see, and that's where the personal preference comes in. Yeah. Is that some guys use EP boosters as a volume push, like after yeah. drives, where you're using it. So when you turn in drive with your EP, it causes the distortion pedal to then distort more. Yep. Yeah. It just gives it a little tang- tingle. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's where there's no right or wrong. It's right. And you can put one at the end too. Exactly. You can have two of them. Yeah. You could have them between every pedal if you wanted. Ooh, I mean, you but, I, but I think the takeaway is what, as you said before, you nail everything down and wire it up, uh-huh. lay it out on the floor, see mm-hmm. what works, see, you know, change things around, experiment. Try. Yeah. And I've, I've done that for my own stuff where I've had it set up a certain way forever. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, what happens if I reverse these two pedals with each other? And all of a sudden it's like, whoa, that's way yeah. better sound. That's a more useful sound for it me. It is shocking how many pedals that I've plugged in. I'm like, I don't like this as much as I thought I would. And then I move it and I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, 
I love this. Now. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Play around. And it, that's the endless thing again. And I bring that up because so many people bring me pedal boards and they don't yes. even know the order they want to put in. It's like, whoa, yeah. you got some research to do first, you know, to make the most out of this. Yep. So anyways, so yeah, so though that ends what you put in would, front of your can amp. We, would you typically say when we're talking about drives, because this is also the, in, in order of appearance, this is number two most in like most frequent question on the internet regarding pedals is what how do i stack my drives personal preference personal preference it, they're really it's personal preference just like we talked about real quick yeah that you were putting your ep in front of your which overdrive uh, that the oh well it's technically a preamp <laughs> it's the it's the uh uh um it's the snk cmo drive oh, okay yeah. Okay. So yeah. So it's got the load of drive on it. It's like right. You know. So so yeah. So again, you're using it to boost or or degoose the front end of that distortion pedal. Yeah, a that, little bit. Yeah, that's going to have a different sound than if you did the the opposite of it. Yes, it just you, doesn't have as much presence. Right. You like doing it that way. Yeah. For me, I would probably do it the opposite way. I would mm-hmm. probably tailor my sound, my overdrive pedal, then use the EP to maybe boost the low mids a little bit in volume, but not to goose the mount of distortion or how it responds well there you go then <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay cool so yeah but that's all personal preference there's no right or wrong there right Move and it, actually around. one of our uh former guest uh rhett Schull, he did a, a a great uh youtube episode on drive stacking mm-hmm. which you know and he goes over you know what happens if you put a low uh, if you put a, an overdrive that's kind of set low in front of a higher set distortion, mm-hmm. what happens if you swap that? What yep. happens if you change the volumes on each of yep. those? It's really fascinating. And Endless. you can get so many different sounds. So have fun. Endless. Play with it. Endless. And what you're going to find out is, especially if, if you have like half a dozen overdrives you're tinkering with. Yeah. In fact, I've got a buddy going through this right now. He's got one overdrive in particular that anytime he has it turned on with this pedal or this other pedal, it goes to crap. Literally, the volume gets cut in half. Yeah. And he's having impedance issues, but it's the order that he's got things in. Interesting. So you don't yeah. know until you lay it out on your, yeah. your living room floor and go to town, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, but again, so this would be all of the stuff in front of your amp in this order, wah fuzz, volume pedal, pitch to your compressing, compressor, overdrive, distortion, and boost. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Everybody still there? Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna mention. Yeah, we're I gonna know. Mention, I we're know. gonna mention boosts a couple times though. I like boosts all boost. over the place. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what they're for, right? I've, so those are what can go so in front of the oh amp. Um, and then it, this is where we go back to the two versus four cable method. If you're running everything in front of the amp, ignore this whole word. We now talk. Okay, now we're going into the amp and from the effects loop. If you have an effects loop. If you have an, and if you want to put them in the effects loop. If you want to put them in the effects loop that you maybe have. So I'm sure you're going to tell us which effects work best in an effects loop of an amplifier. Before you do that. That's important too. What is an effects loop? An effects loop. Oh, that is actually a really good question, Todd, because this is some, a lot of people don't understand this. The point of an effects loop is it breaks the amplifier, uh, your guitar amplifier into two sections. Your preamp section where all your tone knobs come in play, your amount of distortion, all of that. It then breaks the signal path before it goes to the power amplifier, where it amplifies it to really high volumes in your amplifier, right. so it can send so the out preamp to pedals. is the sound it's actually making, and the power amp is the actual 
power amplification you're giving that of sound. it exactly the big amplification brilliant yeah. so you're breaking those two sections of your amplifier right there right yeah. so 99 percent of the world just goes straight in the front and then probably wonders why no. their amp doesn't sound awesome no well, i, I want to <laughs> let me clarify that because a preamp on your amplifier actually takes the voltage the little bit of voltage that comes out of the guitar pickup mm-hmm. and makes it louder it does and then that in addition to changing impedance and different things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, your power amp section is what actually makes it go. 99%. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Coming coming out of just the preamp, like in, before the phase inverter. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't even know. Yeah. It, it could power a set of headphones, mm-hmm. you know. My experience so. through just discovery and just testing out is usually your, your reverbs you want to put through your send and receive and your fuzzes and your overdrives in the front. Yes. Yeah, you just skipped know, 10 minutes there, but yes, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, no, you're absolutely, yeah. No, and that's just it. Yeah, typically stuff you want to put in your effects loop. So after you do the EQing and the distorting and all that kind of stuff, modulation, fancy term for chorus, phaser, flange, and usually that goes at the beginning of your effects loop. And then what comes next, It sometimes guys will put a volume pedal in their effects loop. Hmm. Yeah, and that's actually where I run mine. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I've, I have a. Uh, please let me interrupt and ask a question. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah. that's what, what I'm doing you, right now. What, 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 what would you do if we just said he doesn't no? Doesn't want to get chastised. <laughs> I would. I would still ask anyway. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. For instance, <laughs> I have a uh, a Mutron biphase, mm-hmm. and it's got a left and a right. Mm-hmm. But the left and the right, it has to be at the end of the chain because it goes right. It goes right through the amplifier. Doesn't have to be at the end of the chain. Well, you got a left and right. You got two different amplifiers. Amplifiers. It's got to go you, to. No, you can get a stereo reverb, stereo delay. H nine runs in stereo. I don't follow. It, it, so, so I'm assuming after that, because it, the you, you want to put a reverb pedal, you want to put a delay pedal. Not ideally. after that. Okay, then what are you complaining about? <laughs> No, I mean, I'm, well, you're, <laughs> what you're telling me is that all the modulations should go in the front of the chain, right? Well, and again, suggestion, yes, yes. So, right. so okay, let's say you don't want to do that, but someone else wants to put that early on in the chain. That, that's why most delays, reverbs, H9, even tight H9, which multi-effects, it does a little bit of everything, they're all stereo in, stereo out. So uh, you can okay. put those after your stereo output from your, from your modulation. Yeah. yeah. And that's also a very, very specific circumstance. Most people aren't running those. Well, you know what? I would say half the pedal boards I wire, they're not running that, but they they want stereo output of their modulation and stuff. I've got several of those. Yeah, he's pedals. got stereo all over the place. I know. But I know. for the for the general population that's following along, so as not to uh turn this into the uh, just through the looking glass show. <laughs> uh let's let's stay on let's get yeah. back on track. Okay. So all again, right. effects loop. Start with modulation, course, fl- phaser, flange. Then, um, if you want to put a volume pedal in the effects loop, it would go in next. Difference, why we now have two placements of volume in where you, you know, I said I put mine in effects loop, you put yours in front of the amp. I just want to ma- master volume. I'm not trying to do swells and all kinds of that stuff. What do you mean master volume? I want it down between songs. Up. I just want to control the volume with my foot. Okay, you may want to move it. And, oh and here's gosh. why. Um, putting it in an effects loop, it will actually, when it's off, your amp will be dead quiet because it's muting all your overdrives, yeah, my, all your preamp. What, 
Yeah. Oh, you know, you think what well, is your yours in front of the amp right now, right? Yeah. And in front of your overdrive and stuff? Everything. Yeah. It it'll be so much quieter if you move it to the end. Hmm. What if you yeah. had a volume at the beginning and a volume yep. at the end? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen some guys have that. I'm not That's, doing that. So yeah. but uh, I will. But now here's if having a volume at the beginning of the chain, it reacts more like your volume on your guitar. Yep. Where it's a volume, but it's also a dynamic thing. Yep. It'll change the impedance of the overdrives you're feeding, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and clean up your signal. So it's not just a, a swell. Yeah. Whereas if you put in the effects loop, it is just like a volume control where it's just, it's not controlling dynamics yep. nearly at all. I don't need a dynamic with my foot. Yeah. Well, then again, you would actually be better off putting in the effects loop if you want just on off. What if I don't have an effects loop? Well, put then you don't want to do on, that. It's on 10. <laughs> That's my mind. Just in front. put it well, in between the speaker out and the. Yeah, it'll be fine right there. Yeah. Do not do that. <laughs> yeah. I've got mine in the effects loop for that reason, though, is I want just a overall volume and so I can do sweeps and, or uh, swells. Yeah. And after my volume, I've got my delays and my reverbs. So the trails will still go on when I pull the volume back for the next note, yada, yada. Say that again. Yep. Volume in front of delay and reverb on my okay. effects loop. So, so I hit a note, I swell the note in and I pull the, the volume back. Ah, the trail so the still pedal, goes. Okay. Now exactly. right, they're still that's, getting the effect. That's an important one. We're going to re we're going to re mention this because this is what, when you do go say, where do I put my volume pedal? Th- those are the two things you want to master volume or do you want to control the volume of the effects? But leave your essentially your your amp doing what it was just told to do. I'm gonna do both. Dig, we, we, uh, you said of. it better. Oh, okay, okay. So again, putting it at the beginning of a chain, it's going to affect dynamics. It's going to be more like your volume control on your guitar, right? Where when you roll it off, yeah, you know, it yeah, changes yeah. how it, the amp breaks up and your distortion pedals break up and everything. If you put it in the effects loop, it's going to be more of just a straight level control. Mm-hmm. And then when you put it in your effects loop, you generally want it before your reverbs, delays, so the trails of those reverbs and delays will continue when you pull the, the pedal right. back. Right. So if you go, jing, and you leave it off, the trails, are the keep magic going. is going to exactly. still keep going yeah. okay. without it just cutting it off. Exactly. That well, perfect that's, sense. That's so that's where you can get really fancy with your swells. Yeah, all your ambient stuff. Yep. Right, right. And then most of the time, and this is something a lot of people, uh, I don't wouldn't say screw up, but they just don't know any better. Um, a lot of times they put reverb into delay. Nine times out of 10, I, I tell people put delay into reverb, and they actually prefer that. Um, it just works better. The reverb kind of washes out the delay trails rather than delay trailing a washed out signal. Mm, okay. Tough, right? <laughs> so again, not delay really. first just gives it that ding, 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 and then you're washing that whole thing out. So it's yeah. not as abrupt like delay, a, a, a. it's delay kind of washed yeah. a little more. That's the way the Keeley Caverns is is uh, situated. An automatic delay into reverb? Yeah, it's delay into reverb. It's a two-in-one box. It's a beautiful pedal. Robert Keeley's a smart guy. That's a great yeah, pedal. Yeah, so. Um, and then this is a weird one. Nobody does this, or no, not nobody. A lot of people don't do this. I put trim or vibrato at the very end. Could you put, yeah, well, yeah, that's. Go ahead, ask. Uh, no, that's where I think I'm. Why, Rob? That's where your mind's at. Yeah. The reason I like it, I didn't run it like this for years. I put it earlier on between like the modulation and the delay, but I just started maybe two years ago putting it at the very end of the chain. Um, that's how most of these amps they have the trem and vibrato built in. Mm-hmm. That's how they're wired. Yeah, look, check me out. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. Head of the, the big class. brain on Brad. Man. <laughs> yeah, if you plug into a, a blackface fender, if you turn up reverb and trem and you hit a note, you'll notice that the reverb actually turns on and off too. It pulsates. Yeah. Right. So it's, yeah. And the only reason I did that is because I have an actual song that I just want. I want a helicopter square wave chop. Just chuck, 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 So you chuck, put it chuck, at the chuck, end. Chuck. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. The frequency, Kenneth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, so that's, oh, and then uh, at the very end, I'm sorry, that usually isn't the very, very end, boost control. And it, if you put a boost pedal all the way at the end of everything, it's going to be pure volume. It's not going to, obviously, it won't push any of your pedals into breakup. Mm-hmm. You know, so again, that goes back to, do you have your EP, EP booster in front of your amp, in front of a overdrive pedal, then you're goosing your overdrive pedals, mm-hmm. put it all the way at the end of everything in your effects loop, it's just a master boost for solos. So it's almost like another uh, volume, volume, volume stage. I can't wait to actually draw mine out for you after exactly. we're done with the episode. <laughs> I'm going to start crying, aren't I? No, you're going to love it. It's going to be great. <laughs> when you're done with those two Marshall amps, I'll, I'll just have you bring them to my house so we can <laughs> and then we can pedal board. Do all this? Oh, no, oh, no. I'll show you my moo trunk. Okay. <sighs> so one Jeez. quick review. So you can write this down. In front, wah fuzz into volume, into a pitch, into compression, compression, ugh, I can't talk, overdrive, distortion, boost. Right. If you're running four cable, that then goes into your amp, effects loop, out into modulation, volume, delay, to reverb, to trim, to a boost, and then back into your amp. Okay. Now I got a, I got a great question for you. Where do preamps fall into place. Now, I know most preamps are viewed as boosts. And what do you mean preamps? Well. Because, I mean, technically, any anything that's an active circuit is a preamp. Literally, okay. an EP booster is a preamp or a TS9 is a preamp. I, there, are, there are preamps. You're talking about something like three-band EQ. It has mm. a... Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'll, no, just, just something, anything labeled a preamp. Like, give me a model. Uh, I know Ampeg has preamp uh, for bass. Um, I know, okay. Like our friend Drew Foppy just made. So you're an, talking um, about a specific preamp. a specific thing that's called preamp. Drew Foppy just made one called uh, the Royal preamp, which is a single knob preamp. I know that. So, like two pedals that I have are modeled after Sun preamps. So mm-hmm. anytime the, the the word preamp comes into into place, that's one of those ones. I'm like, is this a drive? Is it distortion? What is a preamp? Like- well, yeah, and 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 I guess by and that's why I said any circuit that's active is yeah. technically a preamp. It's a very kind of generic term. I'm guessing because I'm not familiar like the one knob thing that you mentioned. I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, um, but uh, uh, something like that. They're probably taking a old school recording console mm. preamp design okay. and recreating it for a pedal. Yeah. Um, and they do that because they used to overdrive that type in a I mean, recording the console. the booster is modeled after the Echoplex preamp. Echoplex. Correct. We're right. But, and, and, and here's the thing, but the Echoplex isn't, never was a preamp. They're taking the preamplifier section right. that's just, it's an oct- act, active op amp or transistor. Yeah. yeah. So again, it's anything that's active. Okay, that's really what cool. a preamp is. But so don't freak out if you're like, but this says preamp. What do I do? No, but if if you have a specialized preamp, kind of like what Tony asked you, you know, with the amp peg thing or whatever, if you're running a sans amp or an amp peg mm-hmm. or an acoustic preamp or anything that's got a full EQ section or full four band parametric 
XLR out, that kind of stuff. Those are usually designed to not be used in your pedal board. They're, those are meant to go as a substitution of an amplifier direct right. out. Gotcha. A lot of bass players. That's what. A lot of bass players. A lot bass of players acoustic. acoustics. Yeah, those are your not two most. Not typically guitar players. Not typically. Yeah, more and more guys are starting. Right. Yeah, Tony's making a face I'm and just he's right. Not yeah. typically, most people aren't. Doing I know. That. Direct out on their pedal board for guitars. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. It's yeah. Anyways, next. Got the cat. Okay. <laughs> What else we got? Okay, here's a big one. Impedance issues. Okay. What is impedance? Impedance. Okay. So every single pedal is designed slightly differently to part for the sound they're trying to go after. Um, And honestly, especially a lot of vintage pedals, there wasn't that much forethought as far as this pedal is going to be used with this pedal with this pedal. It's more likely they were just using a pedal, right? Yeah. Um, now most pedals have a high, very high input impedance, a very low output impedance. And by being made with these standards, it ensures that all the pedals can play nicely with each other. Mm -hmm. What happens when you couple two pedals together is that you make a baby pedal. Yeah, you do. <laughs> a mini. You get a mini pedal. <laughs> the, the two pedals love each other very much. Oh, yeah. well, you hope so. You couldn't help that. yourself there. <laughs> you hope so. Uh, okay. You get an EP booster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how long it lasts. Yeah. Um, what were we talking about? Impedance. Uh, impedance. So, um, yeah. So, so let's say you got two overdrives. Both of them have an input impedance of one meg or higher, output impedance of 10K. So it's like a one to a hundred ratio there or one to a thousand ratio. Right. And yeah. Anyways, um, the idea there is that when those two are plugged into each other and both turned on the 10 K, um, the output impedance of 10 K will swamp out the one meg, meaning that the, the one meg input impedance of the next pedal won't affect the output of the previous pedal. Uh huh. If it is also very small. Yeah. It'll, it'll bring the volume down. And so if you have two 10K pedals, a 10K output with a 10K input, the overall impedance will be 5K. Where if you have a 10K matched with a one meg, it's going to be like 9.999K. That one meg has no effect on the previous pedal. Okay. Yeah. So, but again, with some of these pedals that are vintage, they're not made like that. Fuzz mm-hmm. might have an input impedance of 8 or 10K. Mm-hmm. So you put any other pedal in front of it, it goes crazy. Okay. Um, crazy usually not in a good way not in a good way usually not yeah yeah and that's where you get impedance issues okay and then that's when people start talking about buffers and sometimes just two even currently made pedals one of them might not be very high input impedance very low output impedance so you put the two of them together and you turn them both on all of a sudden your volume drops in half so so and this goes back to you got everything laid down the living room floor you got everything plugged in everything sounds great you turn on this overdrive sounds great turn on this overdrive sounds great turn on this boost it all goes to crap but when you flip that boost and one of your overdrives it's fine again it's an impedance mismatch between okay. these pedals all right those are the cases where a buffer either a buffered pedal or just a in uh, a buffer um circuit right will help so a lot of uh, a lot of our former guests sell just Yep. Pure buffers. Pretty much everybody does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to fix these Rattlesnake solutions. cables has a has a nice one. I think Old Blood Noise got a buffer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I'm not trying to single anybody out. I'm just trying to give you guys a couple of examples. But yeah, exactly. E- e- they're really easy to find, and th- uh, that also helps if you have uh, super long cables. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're saying yes with the with the asterisks. It, de- it depends on where it's put at. Okay. Um, 
basically it'll only help the cable length for everything after the buffer. Gotcha. So, so if you put a buffer at the very end of your chain, yeah. and then you've got 40 feet of cable on your board and another 20-foot cable to your guitar, it won't address any of that. Okay. It'll only help everything after that. And that's a thing that impedance, if you take a low output, I'm trying to think of how to describe this simply. The output of a buffer is low impedance. The lower the impedance, the less effect the cable will have. Okay. Okay. So if you don't have a buffer in the chain at all, and it's just guitar through 80 feet of cable, then it's at high impedance and that yeah. cable will have a very big effect. So let, let's, let's, let's do an example here. Mm-hmm. If you've got two 20-foot cables, mm-hmm. one going from your guitar into your pedal board, mm-hmm. and you've got a 20-foot pit cable going out of your pedal board into your amplifier, mm-hmm. where does your buffer go? Mm-hmm. It can go anywhere you want. It's going to have different pluses and minuses anywhere. Okay. In a perfect world, if you wanted to keep the cable as transparent, has as little impact on your signal as possible, you want the buffer inside your guitar. You want active pickups. Uh, so if you're running really, really long cables, you maybe should go wireless. Well, is that what we're saying? Uh, that's a different that's a different that, that, thing altogether. Oh, save that can of worms. Well, 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 no, we'll get into that can of worms too. But no, that's part of this too, is that everything's got a plus and minus to it. So when I tell somebody, you know, ideally if, if your only worry is having the cabling not make an impact on your tone, put a buffer of some sort in your guitar and that'll help that. But when you do that, that well, changes. We're talking about buffer pedals or buffer buffers on your pedal board. Right, right. Well, and the reason I'm going this extreme case is that, again, the more in front of every cable you get it, the more it'll help with capacitance in your cabling rolling off high end. But it's not realistic to put it in your guitar. Or it's not realistic right. to put it in front of a fuzz pedal even. Right. So you can't even put it at the beginning of your chain. You have to put it somewhere. In the middle. So like right. After your drives, maybe. Is that Usually yeah. before your drives, you're okay. Yeah, so I got that right, too. Yeah. Yeah. So usually it, it pretty much has to go. Good job. <laughs> like you said, Don. <laughs> you yeah. get a medal. <laughs> it has to go after wah and fuzzes because those have to be directly linked to the impedance gotcha. of your guitar. Okay. So you really don't want to break anything in there, ideally. If you don't have a fuzz, then... No worries. Right. Exactly. Um, but if even putting it in front of an overdrive pedal, if you, if you have a true bypass wall, true bypass fuzz, then you've got your guitar directly tied to your TS nine, right? When you roll off the volume in your guitar, your TS nine sees that change in impedance and resistance and it responds differently. So if you then insert a buffer in there, that TS nine won't respond to your Interesting. And it may be better. You may go, well, but it solves some of my noise problems, so that's okay, or I even like how it responds better. Right. Okay. But it's going to change it. But they're okay in front of modulation, though, right? The buffers. Well, yes. They, they won't have the same effect. Most of them, unless, well, no, if you're talking to uh, phase 90, phase 100, that's the an analog ones. circuit. Yeah. So, no, that's got a, quote, preamp in there. So that, that will affect it still. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, you're right. Okay. And, and, but that's the thing. It's like we talked about at the very beginning, suggestions. Right. It's all about what, and you may be like, okay, well, if I put a buffer uh, before my TS9, it brings back high-end loss I have from all my cabling. Yeah, it affects how my TS9 works a little bit, but I'm not concerned about it. Great. Or you might be a guy that goes, wow, my TS9 doesn't respond the same because I'm used to going on my bridge pickup and rolling off my guitar volume. It doesn't respond the same now with that buffer in then it's a deal breaker. Right, right, right. No right or wrong. You got to plug it all in on your living room That's floor. That's a great name for a buffer pedal. 
That's right. The deal breaker. The deal breaker, yeah. That's right. All right. Yeah. Buffers. And yeah. Especially <laughs> if you have one of those fender squiggly cables. That's lots of capacitance. That's right. Lava. A lot of, ca- lot of capacitance. And so, and when I usually tell people if they're having problems with two pedals turned on, plugged into each other, they go crazy, meaning that they don't respond as you would guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're having a lot of high end loss. Grab a, a cheap boss pedal, like a, a EQ pedal or something, or any pedal. Those are buffered bypass. They're not true bypass. Mm. And the buffering is okay. So you can just insert that in between pedals. And then if you say, oh, my problem oh, went away, go buy a decent it's little like buffer. It's like a marriage counselor. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the deal breaker marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> <The> buffer. <That's laughs> terrible. Okay. Okay. Any other questions on buffers we can think of? No. Uh, what's a buffer? Hey, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to part one of Pedal Boards 101. Uh, lots of great information and even more to come in Pedal Boards 101 part two. So be on the lookout for that really, really soon. <laughs> so he didn't have his cake and he's still hungry. We got sugar cubes for Mongo. Yeah. This is where we all stare at Tony. Is there a silly story we can put along with this? Brian like amazing astrophysicist. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.